0: Welcome to Passion and Hustle Podcast, a platform for fresh and honest stories from successful entrepreneurs, self-driven freelancers, and motivated individuals that are here to help encourage you to hustle and turn your passion project into reality. In today's episode, we're excited to welcome Henry Nicholson, who is on a mission to make starting a business achievable for anyone and everyone, no matter their starting point or background. Today's episode will be hosted by myself, Alex Jones, so without any more introductions, let's get to it. Welcome, Henry. How you doing, man? Yeah, mate. Good, good. Really, really excited to be here. How are you? Yeah, good, man. Thank you so much for, for joining us. I know we had to reschedule, but so glad that we can have you on the pod today.
1: Yeah, no worries. Literally, I find myself rescheduling pretty much every meeting I have at the
0: moment. It's <laughs> time of year. is just a nightmare. So true, true. All right, Wicked. Well, to keep things straight off a little bit, do you mind just explaining what Rebel Business School is and what you're trying to achieve with the company?
1: Yeah, yeah, certainly. So, like... The Rebel Business School, like, basically, we solely exist to make starting a business accessible, possible uh, for really anybody that, you know, regardless of starting point, regardless of what they want to do, um, and regardless of their background, because so over the last like 10 years, we've we've trained like 20,000 people or something crazy. But what we've learned, the one major thing that we've learned over all that time is that the traditional route of starting a business, and, and by that I mean um, writing business plans, working out how much money you need uh, to borrow, uh, borrowing, um, you know, sort of depending on what somebody else thinks. And then, you know, maybe in a couple of years' time, you'll make some profit. We've learned that that actually puts more people off ever starting a business than it does to help. And those that it does uh, you know, often go into debt, they might default on that loan. But, There's there's a whole bunch of barriers that are put in place for people starting businesses. So we those barriers out and redefine what starting a business actually means. Because, you know, like when we say starting a business, a lot of people instantly go to like CEOs, employees, HR departments, comms departments, like this big machine, you know, this big beast of a thing. But actually, if you just want to knit something and sell it on Etsy that's a business. And it might only make you 500 quid a month. But I tell you what, if I had an extra 500 quid a month, that like that's life changing. So, so yeah, for us, we exist to, to redefine what starting a business and entrepreneurship actually means and make it accessible to the masses. Because yeah, being able to make your own money should be a viable employment option for everybody, not just the people that can afford it.
0: For sure. You're definitely right. I think there is this Kind of stigma around starting a business that it needs to be scary and that it is so corporate and you need to have a real knowledge of business studies and have a degree and all of this but that's exactly what we're doing here at we network as well we try and can we try and educate students who maybe don't come from a business background that it's perhaps not as scary as you might first think um and just like you said having a side hustle having an extra 500 pounds from an etsy business like you're right that can be that can be life-changing and can really yeah, just it can't be. It's not necessarily really difficult either, like anybody can kind of get into it. But yeah, that's think-
1: good. like, especially with what we've got access to at the moment, you know, like if you think about like, pretty much everybody knows how to build a website, like, all you need to do is log on to Wix or you know, one of those sort of uh, website builders. You can have a website up in 10 minutes and make sales online, like, it's so accessible. And I think the way that we're teaching business as a society, and you know, that traditional method that we spoke about we're still teaching that and that was relevant 15 years ago but like the world has changed like the biggest taxi company in the world uber doesn't own a single car the biggest accommodation provider in the world airbnb doesn't own a single piece of accommodation like business has changed the world has changed the way that we teach business needs to change along with it
0: for sure that's so true and also just like how society's changed in terms of remote working and how people actually work with each other because you know we're here we've never met in person we're here having a meeting so just the business in general is yeah it is changing rapidly Mm, yeah major major so can you tell us a little bit about your your personal journey leading up to starting rebel business school
1: yeah so like (laughs) it's a bit all over the place honestly it's um so like in a previous life i was um i was a web designer um and not for a really long period of time. And I actually kind of bounced around between jobs because when I was, um, so I started working when I was 16 uh, and that was just in like retail. By the time I was like 18, 19, I just, I still had no clue what it was I wanted to do. And and actually, honestly, still not sure I 100% know now. And I'm, uh, I'm 27. And it, it's, it, it was a really interesting journey for me. So I was sort of like bumbling about, gaining more skills I didn't go to university I was sort of I dived into the world of work because in and and I sort of learned a lot from my dad around like experience is is the value is the more valuable part like you academically you can be absolutely brilliant but if you haven't got the experience behind you it's it's actually quite difficult to get the instant trust with with an employer so um so I sort of like bumbled around I traveled for a bit um, spent all the money that I had sort of, you know, sort of going around um, different countries. And, and I just sort of, I, I don't know, I was just sort of at a loose end. And um, so when I was, um, throughout school, I was in a band. Um, I was a drummer in a band. And we, we were together for like eight years. And um, like my IT teacher, of all people, he was a little bit of a, he was a bit of a renegade, he was a bit of a rogue. Yes. And um, he, um, he introduced me to this guy called Alan, who had a radio show. And like me, 16, in a band, like, let's be honest, it was a school band. We were like covering Green Day songs at the time. Um, and uh, he just went, you should go and talk to this guy, Alan, because he's got a radio show. It might be good exposure for you. And I, we were like, ah, okay, yeah, fair enough. So we went on and we, we basically went to this guy's flat. Um, and when we walked in, he had uh, digestives and ginger nuts on the table. I don't know why he had ginger nuts, because like <laughs> I, I've only ever met one person that's actually enjoyed those. Um, and... <laughs> And um, and we were sat around a table with him, his wife Katie, and two other like co-hosts, and and we just sort of chatted for three hours on this random online radio show that had probably maybe three listeners. But I just I looked at him across the table and I just went, "You are proper weird, mate. <laughs> you are this, one of the strangest people I've ever met." So I kept in touch with him naturally, um, and and um, and yeah, and so and that was so I was sixteen at that point. Um, Obviously, then, go, you know, sort of fast forward over all of that random bimbling about. And when I was 19, I basically rang him. And when Alan, mate, I have no idea what to do. I've just walked out of my web design job because it, it just doesn't make sense to me. Um, it, you know, it was that kind of thing where I was on like £4.50 an hour building websites they were selling for ten grand, Like mm-hmm. it just, yeah, it, it wasn't good. And, and again, that, I've got a personal gripe with um, the web design indus- industry we're charging small businesses obscene amounts of money for something that they can do for free anyway um and uh, and yeah so i sort of rang him and he basically went like let's go for a coffee and figure it out and i knew that alan was doing stuff with startups already and he was teaching people business skills and things like that already um and we went for a coffee and he basically went like i've sold a course in uh, south kilburn uh, in northwest london do you want to come and help uh and like at this point you know I was like unemployed had no idea where I wanted to go I just went oh, whatever fine like I'll come and hang out I might learn something um yeah and then 8 years later I'm still here and that unless like it was kind of this um it just worked and it, it was purely accidental really really fell into it and um so at the point I joined like Alan was sort of doing it on his own Simon our co-founder um had sort of gone and got a proper job because he had like expensive house family kids all that sort of thing so simon had gone off to to go and earn some proper money alan was figuring it out uh so then i joined alan simon then came back and that sort of like the three of us really brought what is now the rebel school to life um yeah and it, and it was this mad mad mix of um you know some of it was in london some of it was um just digitally, you know, like writing blogs and stuff every day. And then some days Alan would pick me up at four in the morning and we'd drive to like Macclesfield or something like that uh, <laughs> to go and deliver a half day course. It was absolutely crazy, but like it, it was, it just felt like the right place to be. Uh, and it still does.
0: Wow. Wicked man. Yeah. Eight years, to take eight years later and you're still going?
1: Yeah. So, so I am, um, so the company's uh, turned, turned 10 years old in October, 2022. Um, I joined, I joined two years after Simon and Alan had kicked things off but really it didn't properly start until that point where Simon, Alan and and, and I sort of got together and really went for it um but yeah so so, so eight years I've been
0: uh, yeah sort of like steering the ship I guess. Yeah yeah wicked no that's wicked man and um I really like the name Rebel Business School how did that how did that come about and what what's the main message you're trying to spread with the word of rebel?
1: Yeah so um like basically, you know, sort of as, as we as I sort of mentioned, like we do things a little bit differently. And actually in our early conception, we were so against and we still are really we're so against the sort of traditional method that we we sort of went, well, we teach things in the opposite way because the traditional methods is create everything, borrow the money, create the business, hire people, buy the computers, buy the buildings and then go and make some sales and see if it works. Whereas the, the rebel ethos is completely the opposite, like spend as little money, if any, to get the thing off the ground. Go and sell something first and then use your customers' money to grow the business. It, like the biggest companies that we know, like Amazon, for example, like, I mean, we've got mixed feelings about Amazon. But like when, when Amazon started, he was selling books that he didn't own like Jeff was literally listing books online. Somebody would buy it and then he'd go and find the book and then post it to them. (laughs) Same with Virgin. When uh, uh, Branson started Virgin uh, media, he would just put an advert in the back of a newspaper for records and like vinyls. You'd write on, you'd basically cut this bit out of the paper, write in the vinyl that you wanted, staple a check to it. I don't think I've ever seen a check in my life, by the way, Uh, chuck it in the post. You chuck the cash in the post send it to this random guy and then maybe three weeks later a vinyl would turn up and what was going on is that he was getting the money cashing the check first then going out finding finding the uh, lp and sending it to them and you know if the biggest companies in the world some of the biggest companies that we know started in that bootstrapping style what's stopping everybody else um you know why do we need all this other stuff first and why do we need to start with 50 grand in our pocket all like, right actually if you're good at making lasagna go and make lasagna and then sell it to someone um or rather the other way around sell it and then go make it so um anyway so so because we do stuff in the opposite way we sort of went, well, we're kind of rebelling aren't we like we're a bunch of rebels within this sort of startup in entrepreneurship world so the original idea was the rebel business school um and the idea was that uh, we would have somewhere for people to go where they could it would Basically, they could start a business, run with it with us, and it would make them way more money than it costs to go through the course. That was the original plan. Um, and then uh, back in uh, 2012, when this whole thing sort of kicked off, we realised we didn't really have a proof of concept. Like nobody was going to give us a building. Um, like Who's going to buy into this, this concept, you know, this idea? So, um, So we actually changed the name originally to the Pop-Up Business School. Uh, because we, that's what, exactly what we did. You know, we started popping up in random locations across the country. Um, but after, yeah, after sort of eight or so years of doing that uh, and COVID hit and, and all of this different stuff, we moved things online. We kind of went, well, we're not really popping up anymore. We're kind of here. <laughs> we're not going anywhere. So um, so we actually went back to our roots and, and, and changed our name back to the Rebel Business School. Because, um, yeah, that's exactly what we're doing. We're rebelling. We're, we're teaching this stuff in a different way. Cause, yeah, the traditional method just it just does damage. It rips people apart. It doesn't always help.
0: For sure, for sure. No, I love the name Rebel Business School, and now that you told me kind of a bit of background behind it and how obviously drawing inspiration from some of the the world's most successful entrepreneurs and looking at okay, what did they do in their early days? Did they actually go by the book, or did they do things that are a bit more yeah, like rebellious, just a bit, just a bit more unique? Um, mm. So that's really cool. But obviously, you speak. A little bit about how difficult it can be to grow a company in the early days but what would you say were some of the major struggles when you were first starting off
1: yeah I think um the big some of the biggest challenges are are actually emotional it's not you know you you read business books and you talk to um like seasoned entrepreneurs and they all talk about like cash flow and they talk about risk and they talk about all of these like things that are like life-destroying uh things but actually, the biggest challenge is the emotional pressure of, like, you know, we've got to do everything. Like in the early when I joined, and it was me, Simon, and Alan, um, and and they started that. They started Rebel, by the way. I, I sort of obviously I joined in later, um, but it's it's that emotional bit of like someone has to be head of sales. Someone has to be managing director. Someone has to be head of HR. Someone has to be head of marketing. Somebody has to be head of delivery and product design. And like all of those bits that, you know, these huge companies and and pretty much every job that anyone ever applies for is is that you become this cog in this giant machine. Like you've got to do all of that when you start up. And when it's something you're excited about, you know, when you start a business on passion, and it's something that you truly, truly care about. Like that stuff happens naturally. Sometimes, you know, you need to be reminded that you're head of HR and you need to take a break. Um, <laughs> I get told that often, you know, go, like, stop working, have a weekend off. Um, but it, it's really that emotional challenge of, like, you just have to keep going. You need a, a really, really big ch- resource for that. Um, and then, for that is the stuff of we've made a sale and now we need to go and deliver that so so for us you know we're, we're sort of selling courses which are very time heavy so you're you're going out and you're selling and then you deliver a course over sort of one or two weeks but whilst you're delivering a course you're not selling anymore so you get this like roller coaster of, of highs and lows of you know when you're selling money's coming in and then you're delivering then no money's coming in and then it starts again and you sort of have this turbulence of of sort of you know what's called cash flow essentially um but again like i think that stuff is uh, that's kind of part of the fun you know you you, it's exciting when you don't really know what's going to happen but we're problem solving and and and, you know if you're starting a business if you're an entrepreneur you're a problem solver uh, and that's kind of what it's all about but i think for me it's the emotional side and and the toll that that can take that's that's the really big challenge when you're growing a business is, is just understanding you know what am I doing with my time where where do, am I actually excited about this or not you know the amount of people that I've met that started businesses went and got that loan you know sort of borrowed 50 grand six months later they go you know what I don't even want to run a van rental business but you know I've borrowed the money so I've got to do it now uh, it's just you know there's there's quite a lot of that emotional investment that you've got to crack on with um so I think that's probably our biggest challenge and then as we've grown, you know, we're, we're still hitting challenges now. We're 10 years old and we're still hitting different challenges. And, and you know, the secret of business is that the challenges will never stop coming. Like next week, it'll be a different thing. And then next year, it'll be a completely different one. Um, and I, I think our biggest challenge now, as we're growing the team, so we're now a team of 12, and and our biggest challenge is just figuring out how do we manage a team? <laughs> like, I can you know, when, when I get stuck in and I'm selling courses delivering courses and doing all of it I, I can do that but then suddenly we're in this space where we're actually people managers more than anything else and we're trying to get everybody else sort of working on the same um same clock as us same passion same energy source so it, the challenges change but i think our biggest ones are like firstly early days it's the emotional part um and learning all that stuff it's quite a steep learning curve and then as you sort of grow, it's suddenly like your role will change. The bigger your company goes, the role will change. And either you need to hire someone who knows how to manage teams and, and knows how to do all that, or you need to really like buck up and learn that stuff as well. Now, it's got kind of like an all over the place answer, but yeah, it's like emotional and, um, and people. People management is, um, is really up there with, with some of the biggest challenges that we've ever had.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, by the sounds of things, it seems like what's exciting and what's challenging Kind of goes hand in hand because expanding and having a team of twelve people is obviously very exciting. But then at the same time, that does pose new challenges. Um, so every time the company would grow, that is exciting, but it's also challenging. And and I guess from an emotional point of view, um, sometimes when you lack that motivation and question, oh, do I really want this? It can kind of be hard to remind yourself. No, actually, this is what it is. This is what I want. Um, and the challenge is just is part of it. If that makes sense.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And uh, there's sort of like two, two parts to that. And um, th- the first bit is that like when things get uncomfortable, that is a sign that that's the right direction. Because uh, life starts at the edge of your comfort zone, right? So if you're uncomfortable, it means that it's a new experience. It's something that you've not yet done. But once you do it and you get uncomfortable for a bit, your comfort zone starts to grow. Because like if something was comfortable, you'd have already done it because what's within our comfort zone is easy you know like sitting on the sofa watching telly that's comfortable in, in more than one way you know yes. like that. Like that's easy to do because we've done it and it's familiar but then going to a networking event and talking to a hundred strangers like to begin with that is uncomfortable but you know that it's in that right direction so so for me I sort of I seek the uncomfortable and, and actually all of our team um, are sort of conditioned to to seek that because what's uncomfortable means that we've not yet done and and that's the sort of right direction to go in. Um, and the other part of it around energy is um, like one of the biggest things that that we talk about is, is passion. And, you know, like you, you sort of heard things like passion projects and side hustles and that kind of stuff. And what, what it sort of comes back to is like if you're starting a business because you think it will make you money, you are going to run out of passion and energy very, very quick. But if you start a business because it's something that excites you, and something you're passionate about, something you love. That's the energy source that you have to hold on to when everything else runs out because things get hard. Like, you know, there are ups and downs. I remember the 16th of March 2020, my phone did not stop ringing and we lost 600 grand in a day from clients cancelling events like because the pandemic hit. And, you know, like find me a business plan that had a global pandemic in it. Like this, you know, this stuff isn't linear and you've got to be flexible and you've, and and it's that passion and that excitement and love and ruthless belief that this is the right thing to be doing. And this is where I want to be. That's what carries you through the difficult stuff. Not, you know, I made a hundred million quid in my last year. I mean, that would help, but you know what I mean? Like if you're, if it's, if you're starting a business because it will make you money, when things get difficult, it's really, really difficult to pull yourself out
0: for sure, for sure. I mean, that's why we've, we've called the podcast Passion and Hustle. I feel like both of them go hand in hand to essentially achieve success. I really like what you were saying there about being in a place of uh, that's uncomfortable. Um, because I see on your LinkedIn that you talk about being an adventurer and a nomad. And both of them words would be, would be just like connected to being in the uncomfortable and new settings, but how important is this to you? And what does it mean to you to, to be traveling around?
1: Yeah, it's kind of, um, it's the life experience side of things. Um, and you know, you can always, you know, a lot of, and I know, and I understand, you know, a lot of people don't get the opportunity to travel. Um, you know, a lot of people can't, can't afford to travel because it, it can be quite an expensive thing. Um, but in 2019, just before the pa- uh, well, a year before the pandemic, I purposefully um, went homeless. And the reason for that was like I was travelling a lot anyway, um, and uh, with like with work and stuff. And and basically, it worked out cheaper for me to like hire an Airbnb every weekend than to have paying rent because I was working. Um, and and it was kind of, um, it's kind of something that's been in my blood for a long time of like, actually, I, I love exploring new places. And I love meeting new cultures and talking to strangers. And like, literally, everybody's grown up with their parents telling them not to talk to strangers. But I'm telling you the opposite now. Like, when Like, when you go outside your comfort zone, be uncomfortable, experience new things, that's when you get that sort of like street university life experience bit. And some of the biggest learnings are from that. That's when you really learn how resilient you are if you're constantly comfortable and sitting in your comfort zone and with familiar things like, you know, it's relevant and that's good sometimes, but you'll never quite, you'll never grow. And then actually you need to go and experience all of this other stuff. And for me, you know, it was that extreme version of, you know, next week I'm going to go hang out in Poland. And the week after that, I'm going to go somewhere else. And the week after that, I'm going to sleep on my friend's sofa. For me, that was comfortable. Uh, it became comfortable, but, what that enabled me to do is be resilient it gave me routine funnily enough um because when when I was at home like when I lived with my folks I you know I was getting up late I was going to bed late I was drinking more you know and because I was comfortable and I had all of this stuff around me that I knew wasn't going to change but then suddenly when you take that stuff away and you go and explore that's when you really learn how you as a human being operate And and you build those routines out because everything's uncertain and you sort of build certainty within that. So I think like for me, the big part of it is is when you the more you experience, the more people that you meet, the more cultures that you um, embed yourself in. That's how you really, really put yourself on an upward trajectory of of growth and learning, because you're you're uh, uh, what's the word exposing yourself to um, to a lot of uncertainty, really. You know, I, I've been in some really, really interesting situations around the world, but they've, you know, they've sort of they've leveled me up in both a personal sense, and I've learned a lot about myself. But also, you know, it's it's enabled me to deal with different situations in different ways.
0: For sure, I totally agree with everything you're saying, and to be honest, your kind of experience of hopping here, there, and everywhere, and traveling, I can I can relate to a lot, and I feel and I I totally agree that you learn so much from other cultures. Um, mm. One thing I always I'm talking to international students in particular because they always impress me because they've come from they're defining being out of your comfort zones. They've come from their home country to London to study and I always say to them you can relate that to business because if you see something happening say you're from Italy for example say there's a business model that's happening in Italy and you recognize in London that it's not it's not here then you can take ideas from another place and bring it to London or vice versa if you were from London to go traveling to To India, you can learn about things that are going on in India, and then perhaps bring that back to London or, or vice versa. Mm. Yeah, I totally agree. I think when you meet new people and meet new places, it really opens up your mind to also just think creatively. Um, Yeah.
1: Oh, sure. And like, if you want to talk about resilience, like all of the people that you're talking about, like imagine like building a business is hard enough anyway. Let alone building a business in a country that you're not familiar with and where the native language isn't your first language like I, that, that that is just sheer resilience and I tell you what one of the hardest things that I've ever had to do and it, it sounds really really fancy and it was so we um we've uh outsourced now outsourced, sorry franchised to uh, Morocco so we've got um in, incubators and companies in Morocco that are delivering the rebel model and um we went through like a big launch event, networking event thing. Like, I find networking challenging anyway, because I'm, I'm sort of like a mix. I'm, I'm extrovert, but with a massive element of introvert. Like sometimes I just want to put my head in the freezer and not talk to people. Um, and like so me and Simon went to this networking event, launch event in Morocco. And, and like in Morocco, it's either French or Arabic. And like not a lot of English speakers at all. And we went and we, like, bear in mind, it's our model that they had bought. So we were, like, swanning about, basically, with people going, oh, you're the ones that wrote this thing. This is amazing. Like, try networking in a different language. It is really, really, really hard, <laughs> really, really difficult. But it, it was a really, really cool experience. And, you know, that's that's what threw me into, like, I, I'm learning French and I'm learning Spanish because, actually, that that's what i need to do next to to be able to sort of grow the business in the direction that we want it to go um but it was that experience of being massively and that's probably one of the most uncomfortable i've ever been because i'm in a different country that i'm not familiar with speaking two different languages that i don't know (laughs) it was really really extreme um but it's in those moments that you truly truly learn how resilient you are and um yeah and, and you know how to communicate better but yeah, like hats off to, to, the, to the a lot of the people in that are in the UK who have started businesses here with English not being their first language and also the culture not being there, what they're comfortable with. Like that is that is proper, proper resilience.
0: For sure, for sure. I feel like the main message that's coming across from today is that um starting a business is very fun. It's exciting, but it does come with challenges. And no one's gonna say being an entrepreneur is easy. But I feel like many, like we have mentioned, many students are. Already taking on taking on side hustles, but what advice would you give to the students to ensure that they don't burn out from an overload of work of trying to balance in starting a side hustle while navigating London as well as studying for a master's? How do you what's your advice to ensure they don't they don't burn out? I think the biggest piece
1: of advice, and I, and this is the thing that I wish I had like when I started. Um, so, so I've got a couple of businesses on like I've got side hustles as well as um, sort of running Rebel. I think the biggest piece of advice that I wish I'd got is um, find your tribe. And there's and there's a few different reasons for that. But if you, if you haven't got that support network around you that understand what it is that you're doing, because, you know, you can have like a very, you know, you can have a really supportive partner, but if they don't understand how much work you need to put into this and how much effort you need to put into this, it gets really difficult to talk to them about it because they're not on that sort of same level so what I would say is find other people that are on a similar journey connect with them but get together not for work like don't get together with people to do more like get together to chill out and and just give yourself that space because if you if you don't have that support network if it's just you doing it it gets really really lonely and that's when it gets really difficult Sometimes you do need to be able to talk to somebody who understands the level of pressure that you're putting yourself under and, you know, also goes, it's good that you're doing that because, you know, the amount of times I've met people that have gone, why don't you just do something else? Why don't you just go and get a job? It's easier. That's not what it's about. Yeah, that's, not the, that's not the point. Um, so, yeah, that would be my biggest piece of advice is like find your tribe, find people that are doing it, find someone that can mentor you through it as well. Like if you can if you can get, join your, join a group of people that are you know maybe a little bit further ahead in business, not necessarily even the same industry, just in that same sort of area. Like they've already gone through the challenges that you're hitting, so it's much easier to find your way through, find a path. Look, you can learn from them. But also, you, sometimes you just need to sit and have a drink with someone who gets it, because it ju- it just takes such a massive weight off of your shoulders. Um, and the other part of this is just take a break. Like nobody ever makes like the people that are the most successful are the ones that figure out how to coexist life with work. And I know that this there's a massive crossover with that. Work is life sometimes, and and you know that you have to donate a large part a large part of your time to make these things work. But like take a break, recharge. You're not used to anybody if you're burnt out, especially
0: yourself. Definitely. I mean, being that's great advice because I think being a solo founder or freelancer is very lonely, and that often is the biggest challenge. But finding, like you said, like a tribe of people who who share that same feelings and understanding, it can mean that you you may still be a solo founder, but you still feel like you're in a community of people of other solo founders, so you are kind of in it together um, hmm. to motivate to motivate each other, like you said. Yeah, yeah.
1: that's it. Some, some of our most successful um, participants that come through Rebel. Uh, are the ones that sit down together every january and do their tax returns together because like let's be honest it's it's a very small portion of the world that it get excited by spreadsheets i am one <laughs> of them I, I love a spreadsheet that's my idea of a good time but you know like, when you're run if you're running a food business or you're an artist and you're doing like doing a tax return can be the hardest part of running a business because it's numbers and it's confusing and it's not natural but actually, if you're sat around a table of five or six other people going through the same thing, suddenly it just becomes easy and it becomes fun. Um, like they're, they're some of our most successful people are the ones that just get together when things get hard.
0: For sure. And that's that sounds really cool to be honest. Like it does, it makes it makes things that should be boring and should be challenging. Yeah, fun. So mm. that's wicked. That's wicked. You set up the business school and that that you can offer this service really to people. Um but I feel like this episode has been fantastic. It's been really real talking about what it's like to be an entrepreneur and it's been inspiring hearing your story. Um, and you touched on there that you've got your own side hustles and obviously you have your own personal goals. Um, and with the new year quickly approaching, what would you say are your goals you hope to achieve next year?
1: My um, my goals for next year, I've sort of got two two learning goals. Um, one is uh, I, I like really want to get sort of like semi-fluent in French or Spanish? Um, so I mentioned that I'm learning those. Like, we've got um, a couple of Colombians in our team, so Spanish speakers. Obviously, we've, we've franchised out to Morocco as well and Colombia. And, and it, it, I, for me, that's like a personal, like project. Like, I really hate that. <laughs> generally, as a nation, like we we expect everybody else to speak English rather than you know, putting the effort in. So, um, so for me, that's a big part of, of what comes next is, is sort of being bilingual. Um, And the other part is uh, conflict management. Uh, And and I sort of, I mentioned earlier about, uh, you know, sort of, I'm suddenly a people manager. You know, I went from selling and running events and doing all that stuff, like down in the trench, you know, sort of doing the work. Suddenly, I've got a team of people that need to do all of that kind of stuff. And you get all of these other weird challenges that, you know, I've started a business. Why Why am I dealing with the fact that your dog's not feeling well? Like you know there's all of these things. So, um, and for me, I think a biggest one of the biggest things that's held us back this year is um, a lack of conflict management. So, you know, if people are having a hard time, people are disagreeing, clients disagreeing, or not having a good thing, like I want to be able to dive in and solve those problems quick. A large part of that is relationship building. Like, if you've got a good relationship with someone, you will never have problems. I truly, truly believe that. Like, relationship trumps everything. But also, like, you need a few tools up your sleeve. To, to resolve things quick because if you don't jump on those problems quickly, they just, they like breed. Those problems get bigger and bigger and bigger. You need to be able to sort of cut this thing out. So so for me, my learning goals for the new year are um, being like actively able to actually speak a different language and also being able to jump on problems as they arise because, yeah, I think that's probably the biggest thing that's held me back is uh, sort of not diving on problems fast enough and solving them.
0: Definitely. Well, I mean, I feel like people – by people so if you can put yourself in a position to speak to people in their language versus the person who can't speak to them in their language then they're going to pick you and what you have to offer um so yeah. i feel like then people management skills that you said you want to work on are absolutely fantastic and are so crucial to get investment to get your grow your business out to manage people and, and everything so that's good to hear
1: yeah that's it like yeah yeah. People always say like, and again, in, in sort of the, the business education, you know, people always go like, are you a B2B business or a B2C, you know, business to business or business to customer? Like, it's all rubbish. Like you're person to person all the time, because if like the person, if they're in a business or they're a customer, like they're more likely to buy from you if you've got a stellar relationship. Like if you can go out and have a really fun time with them, even if you're like 20% more expensive, they're still going to go with you because they enjoy the process and the journey. Like you're always, always people to people. You're never business to business or business to cons- uh, to consumer. Always people
0: to people. Definitely. Well, on that note, I feel like uh, we should leave it. But this has been an absolutely fantastic episode, and I've really enjoyed talking to you, Henry. Um, so thank you so much for joining. And if any of our audience, who I'm sure also love listening, would like to reach out, do you have any social media pages you could plug our listeners into?
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so all of us, um, basically, you can find us on the Rebel School. So we are at the Rebel School on everything uh, so instagram twitter maybe not twitter uh <laughs> facebook uh, and all the rest so like if you need anything if you just want to join a tribe if you want to level up on getting started if you just want to get cracking and get selling like come and hang out with us at rebel school everything we do is completely for free we sell to people that have got money like councils and housing associations and corporates so that we can give this stuff away so like yeah find us make use of it chat to us see what you need
0: Perfect. Well, thanks so much, Henry. And uh, speak to you soon. Cheers, Alex. Great to chat. Cheers, mate. Bye. We hope you've enjoyed listening to Passion and Hustle podcast. If you want to find out more from the speakers or what we do here at Westminster Enterprise Network, then head over to our social media channels at underscore we network. With new episodes being released every two weeks, you'll be able to continue listening and getting inspired along your own journey of bringing your passion project to life.